Hello everyone, welcome to the episode 96 of Solid Saturday. Our today's guest is pressing Dr. Pearson's career trajectory. The prevailing theme is that she is a natural teacher in a classroom teaching at a research university in a courtroom in front of a judge explaining a novel issue with individual coaching clients who need help solving their own challenges in an organization identifying the problems leadership and management couldn't recognize, let alone the impact it was having on the employee or employees, as well as the risk it posed for the organization and through public speaking appearances in person, on radio or on television, Dr. Pearson's passion is helping another person learn or understand something they didn't before and the most importantly, changing their perspective. When she was working on her doctorate in education in organizational change and leadership, Dr. Pearson sought an outside expert to sit on her committee, someone who could think practically about the problem of implicit bias as applied to the profession she was examining. Truth, the expert was a skeptic until they read the first three chapters of Dr. Pearson Pearson's dissertation, the expert told both Dr. Pearson and the other members of the dissertation committee, she changed the expert's mind. Wow, this sounds really amazing. And uh, just to add to it, she has she holds two PhDs, PhD in law and PhD in education. So I'm really, very excited to hear more from her. So let's just welcome her and hear more about her career journey. How did she find her area of interest and managing to lead that? Hey, hi, Tracy. Very happy to have you on the show. I really appreciate all your time and consideration being on the show. Thank you. And thank you for having me. It's great to be here. Yeah, it's all my pleasure, actually. I'm really looking forward to this episode. Moving towards our first segment or start with our first segment, which is more about passion or the interest. So when uh, I looked into your background, actually, uh, you did two PhDs, one in the education, one in the law. And uh, the question is like, how did you find your areas of interest, like, you know, into different fields and what motivates you to be where you are today? Sure. Uh, it's a really great question. Um, I wish that I could say that, you know, my career tra trajectory, uh, that it was something that was in a straight line, but it, it wasn't. Um, I started out interested in, in becoming a teacher. Um, and, and sort of hopped up from, from being interested in high school teaching to college teaching, went off to graduate school and really sort of discovered my problem solving skills. Um, and from there, uh, I went to law school. I was in graduate school uh, on my way into a, a PhD program in English. And, uh, after a couple conversations with, with my advisor, uh, we really realized that it was uh, probably a, a better match for me to go to law school. So sure. I transferred into law school and, and proceeded with um, uh, you know, learning about the law and becoming an attorney, and then jumped back into education to teach. And then ultimately later in life, it became something where those two things combined. Wow, that's great, actually. And uh, as actually in the introductory part, we have said that, you know, you are the first one, I guess, in your entire family to have those like, you know, kind of a profile, like, you know, pursue your PhD and everything, go to the college. So how was that actually? How much was your family support when you tried to get into this particular zone? 
Sure. Um, I, my, my background, I have a law degree and I have a doctorate in education. So an EDD. Um, and, uh, you know, my parents didn't go to, to college. Um, my mom didn't finish high school. Um, but, uh, you know, they valued education. They valued learning. Uh, I read a lot as a, as a kid uh, under the, you know, under the covers with the flashlight. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, ultimately, it was the support of the McNair Scholars Program that landed me in graduate school. Uh, I was a first-generation low-income student, and um, it was through earning that federal fellowship that uh, gave me the support that I needed to, to go off to graduate school and then law school. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's great, actually. And this is interesting, you know, um, when I saw that uh, my background is also similar to that, like, you know, my dad, mom uh, didn't uh, learn much after high school, she also left. But yeah, when it came to the kids, I think she tried to give those values and, you know, uh, more like, you know, inspired or motivated us to pursue the further education. So thank you so much for sharing this story because this is definitely inspiring to the, all the students out there who are struggling or who are looking as, you know, sometimes it happens that people, rather than looking into uh, opportunity, uh, they try to focus on the problems that I don't have this or I don't have that. So I think uh, new generation, they have a lot of things because a lot of uh, parents are educated in for the next generation actually. So this is definitely very motivating and inspiring. And thank you so much for sharing. Moving towards our next segment, which is questions from the audience. And your profile is very vast. Like, you know, you, uh, you work when you pursued your PhDs in the law and education. And uh, um, after doing the PhD, actually, you tried your uh, to expand your horizons into three different sections, which is one is like a commentator in the legal or uh, other areas, or you you are a researcher as well as you do the consulting. So we have our first question along, you know, uh, legal front actually. So share what method you use to analyze and interpret news and information received from various sources to be able to broadcast the information on legal front? That's a really great question. Um, The the first thing that I do is I look at what the facts are uh, and I differentiate uh, between what facts are versus what an opinion is. I think that's something that's really important to learn to do. Mm -hmm. Uh, Right now in in the news, we have a lot about Facebook and disinformation and um, trying to figure out what, what is real and what isn't. And uh, I start with what are the facts and what are someone's opinions about those facts? Mm -hmm. Um, Once I've discerned what those facts are, uh, then I I fall back to my education and my training. Uh, As an attorney, I've been trained in a very specific way and how to analyze information. Um, I have a second toolbox, a bag of tricks, if you will, uh, from my um, graduate uh, education and program in how to analyze information, how to, how to discern whether something is reliable, whether it's, it's valid. Um, and, and I sort of bring all those tools together in trying to understand an issue or a problem. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's great, actually. So you have tried to take the balance and as, as well as finding out that advantage of having that background and bringing it to the profession. So that's great to hear. One more question that we have is that, you know, uh, Uh, Why do you think accountability is important when it comes to personal or the professional growth? How are they interlinked? Sure. Um, Accountability is is really important to me. Uh, And I think that 
um, when we think of, of accountability, we, we think about holding um, people who have done something wrong uh, accountable. But accountability is, is important in, in professional and, and personal lives. Um, I see it as something that's, that's in a continuous loop where um, if, you know, I set a goal for myself. Mm-hmm. And so I have made an agreement with myself to accomplish something. And if I'm going to do that, I have to hold myself to that agreement. And that ultimately is accountability. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to a professional circumstance, I look at, you need resources to accomplish a goal and you need support resources. Um, uh, you know, uh, any, anything that can help you get there. Mm-hmm. And that's not something, some of it comes intrinsically. It comes from me. Some of it comes extrinsically. It comes from other sources. So the folks that are, that are in a superior position to me or in, in a more powerful position to me that are there to support me, I have to hold accountable mm-hmm. to providing that support. I can't just sit there and expect that it's going to tumble down on me. Mm-hmm. So likewise, they're going to hold me accountable for, for meeting the expectations that they have. And ultimately, it's, it's, it's an agreement that we, ult- that we have together to hold each other accountable for mm-hmm. the parts that we play in that. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's great, actually. And definitely, this is a very important quality to have, actually, whether it comes to your personal life or the professional life. It's very, very important that you consider yourself accountable um, when it comes to your plate rather than you know pointing out to the other person. So this is a very important attitude or the quality to have. And thank you so much for sharing the importance of it. Moving towards our one more segment, which is like an intermediate segment or the relaxation or fun segment, where what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you three keywords which are more or associated with your profile or the career. And you have to just tell me whatever comes to your mind. So it can be a abstract definition, it can be a replacement keyword, or if you would like to be creative after hearing all those three words and combine and you know come up with something creative, uh, we are welcome to hear that as well. So are you ready? Yes, a little nervous, but yes. No, you, you are great, actually. The way I'm hearing you, <laughs> you're already doing great. So thank you so much. So the first keyword that we have is organizational change. Ah, organizational change. Um, employers. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, that's what comes to mind. Um, uh, I think it's it's something that employees deal with all the time and um, there's some requirements to doing it well, including communication. Wow, that's great. Uh, second keyword that we have is law. Law. Uh, I think the first concept that comes to mind are the courts. Um, that's the primary place where, where we understand how uh, law is applied. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then the third keyword is research. Research. Uh, I think that the first word that just came to mind was vaccine, oh. uh, and, and primarily because there are folks out there that are doing research. They claim they're doing research about vaccines, and and they really aren't. Um, they're googling, and that's not doing research. Yeah, that's true. So thank you so much for sharing and being impromptu. Moving towards one more section, which is more about exploring uh, career, your career work or volunteering and knowing you more. So 
as we you know we explored a couple of things associated with your academic background or the profession that you are in what you do right now there is one more important aspect to you is that you host a podcast so tell us more about your podcast the devils is in the details and what is it about thank you um yeah the devils in the details it's a uh, podcast that you can find anywhere you find great podcasts including audible and spotify and iheartradio and all sorts of places um but uh it is a show that i started for the purpose of trying to get behind uh, concepts that were in the news that the news wasn't covering adequately uh so um as an example one of the first episodes i did was on pardons Um, and for folks to understand what pardons are and how they work. Um, the most recent episode right now is on whistleblowers, and I happen to be ahead of the curve on that. I, I wasn't aware of the Facebook story that was coming out. Uh, it was actually uh, you know, a week or so ago that I, I released it. And um, the, it's, it's, it's a first attempt at trying to sort of understand whistleblowing from a, a basic standpoint. Um, and I think that... Uh, I use it as an opportunity to help out uh, legitimate journalists that are trying to um, to get information out there, but they're just restricted on time. Um, and I'll be moving into having guests on on the podcast soon. Um, but uh, and so if anybody's interested, they can obviously tweet me at Tracy Explains. Um, but I it's something that I started because it just seemed to me that there was a lack of knowledge out there and. Um, if you're going to form opinions about things, you need to have facts and to have facts, you need to learn things. And this was a way to, to help people learn things on a larger scale. Yep. Yep. And I definitely can see it because, you know, the way uh, you are leading or the way you have that academic experience, plus that you are bringing it to the profession, definitely you can, you know, uh, bring that better uh, knowledge feeling uh, whenever there is a need, like, you know, because I think education and law, both the areas where, you know, you need that kind of a thing where people will not just fall for what the majority crowd is going through. It is more about filling the gap and finding out that there are ways to, you know, fill that gap as well. So thank you so much. And I would encourage audience actually to check her podcast as well as you know um, you can just simply follow her on twitter which is uh, tracy explains and uh, once the episode is out i will also be happy to share the links whichever are there so thank you and moving towards uh, next segment which is more or about tips or advice and here you can support your answer with you know books or courses so any tips or advice would you like to give to the students or the professionals who are looking to get into this particular field either you can consider it as a commentator or the consulting or the researcher and looking this as their long term career option sure um i think that one of the the most important things to do is to to watch other commentators uh mm-hmm. to see how they do things um and to see what works for you and what doesn't work for you um you know you can't um you can't copy people Uh, it just doesn't work it has to be authentic but um i think that it's really important to understand um you know some basic skills and to watch how they uh deliver those skills uh you know looking into the camera speaking comfortably finding your voice um i think that you need to really find a niche find something that really interests you for me 
Um, my niche ended up becoming investigations and implicit bias. Mm -hmm. That's what came out of graduate school mm -hmm. um, and law school and, uh, you know, a decade, over a decade of um, practicing law and doing investigations. So um, I think that you need to find a niche and, and market yourself toward that niche so that you can find a place for yourself, uh, you know, in the market. Yep, yep. And I think you have given very appropriate approach as well how they can lead their area of interest. So we are moving towards our last segment, which is more about leadership. And the way you are speaking, definitely it shows your leadership. So tell us more about you know, uh, your leadership style and any specific leader that you always follow or admire and why. Sure. Um I would describe, you know, my, my leadership style has shifted over the years. And I think that most people's leadership style does shift over the years. If, if you're learning mm -hmm. and you're growing, yeah. yes. um, mine tends to be towards, uh, I consider myself an authentic leader. I'm somebody that you'll know where you stand. Um, I, I like to be clear and I like to be myself. Um, mm -hmm. I don't try to pretend to be somebody I'm not. Uh, and that's really important to me. Yeah. Um, it's important to me for the people that, that I work with, and it's important to me for, for myself. Um, you just can't carry it on. Um, I also think that, that I am somebody who is uh, both a servant leader and a transformational leader. Um, yeah. From a servant standpoint, I think that you know, when you're a leader, you have a lot of power. And I've been in situations where it's abundantly clear that the leaders above me uh, didn't understand what to do with that power or had it misdirected. And so when you have a lot of power, you have to be really careful about what you do with it. And mm -hmm. so my choice is to try to help other people around me as much as I can. Mm -hmm. um, as far as transformational leadership, I like to try to inspire people to want to, to come along with me. You're not a leader if nobody's coming along with you um, or if they're, they're resisting you. And I think that it's, you know, that's a style that I've developed over the years. I think you, you bring people into whatever it is that you're doing, because you don't have to have a title as leader to be a leader. We are all individual leaders, uh -huh. um, but you bring people in and, and you rely on them for what they're capable of doing and what they know how to do. Uh -huh. uh, you know, you don't bring in people who can do what you do. Um, mm -hmm. that, that doesn't serve any purpose. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm collaborative in that way. As far as leaders that I... I, I admire. There's, there's several. I can't say there's one um, because I think they all do something different. Um, mm -hmm. For me, generally, I, I admire people who are willing to speak truth to power because it's hard. Mm -hmm. um, I, had, I think that um, people who are, are resilient and take chances like Hillary Clinton and, mm -hmm. and all that she's uh, accomplished and endured in, in trying to accomplish those things mm -hmm. um, make her uh, a really good example of that. Um, someone like Rachel Maddow mm -hmm. lives authentically. She doesn't try to be somebody she's not, um, you know, she wears the $17 blazer from, from JC Penney, if that's what works for her. Um, and, and, you know, does what, what she knows how to do the way she knows how to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, somebody like Valerie Jarrett, uh, who was in the Obama administration as a senior advisor who recognized that there was inequity in, in the room when they were in the Oval Office and that women weren't being heard and said, I've got to solve this problem and came up with the idea of amplifying each other's messages so that when women would speak, they would give a nod to the other women in the room so that their voices would in fact be heard over uh -huh. the din of, of the others. Yeah. Um, and I also think that I admire people who are really become master uh -huh. at their craft. 
um, people who, who, who are able to become masters in their craft and who inspire other people with their message. And a really great example of that is a woman by the name of Dr. Marsha Reynolds. Um, she, she's certainly known within the professional coaching community, but she may not be known sort of writ large. And she has some really great books um, on coaching the person, not the problem, and uh, a book called Wander Woman that is phenomenal. Um, but she's somebody who became a master at what she does mm -hmm. and has, has created legions of, of followers and who, who set off to, to adopt uh, a coaching methodology that uh, people use today very successfully. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's amazing, actually. And I think authenticity is the best policy to have in any, any field, not like just the leadership, but everywhere it is true that if you're authentic enough, you can excel very fast and uh, you can uh, get the love, like, you know, support from the audience as well in return. And uh, one more important aspect that you mentioned about the leadership, and I found it very interesting because I heard a lot about the servant leadership in past uh, episodes. But as you mentioned, the combination of having the servant leadership plus the transformational thinking, like, you know, a leader who stands for both uh, serving as well as transforming something into the good. So that is definitely like a great combination to have. And thank you so much for sharing it, because I think you this is the one of the best answers I have received. So thank you. And I really appreciate all your time and consideration. And uh, once the episode is out, I will definitely keep you tagged so that you will get to know as well. So thank you. Thank you very much for having me. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, thank you. All right. So this is all about Tracy and the way she's managing to lead her area of expertise. Before we close, we have the closure quote as we are talking a lot more about purpose and the perspectives. The quote is from Sidney J. Harris, and it says, the whole purpose of education is to turn mirrors into windows. On that quote, we are closing today's episode. See you guys in the next episode. Until we meet, happy leading. Let's lead together. Stay safe. Bye for now.